0: and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Last week I was talking about the fullness of God and the Holy Ghost hit on one of God's names. So that's where we spent the rest of the service. (coughs) So we're going to pick right back up and do it again. Hallelujah. Because to understand the fullness of God, we've got to understand, we've got to know something about God. We've got to know Him. Hallelujah. We've got to know Him. Let's go to Psalms 23. You know, I thought Psalms 23 was a scripture that you put on tombstones until I really got to begin to get an understanding of it, because that's where you see it at most times. You can go to any any graveyard and look around and then you will find Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is for the living as well. It's more so for the living. Psalms 23. Well, the name we're fixing to start with is called Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's a key right there. The Lord is my shepherd. He's Pastor Daniel's shepherd also, but if he's just her shepherd, even though I'm married to her, he's still not my shepherd. He's got to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Then the end of that one verse says, I shall not want. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That one name right there, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd, is enough that we could live off of it. We should be excited about that. If we don't know any other thing about him, about God, that he is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means God protects me, God provides for me, God leads me. He is my shepherd. So if you look at these, that one verse, see, actually declares complete victory. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is, that's complete victory, Miss Sue, right there. But then in ver- the verses pa- uh, uh, going past that, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, they actually tell you about verse 1. It says in verse 2 He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters. This is part of I shall not want. He restores my soul. My soul doesn't want for anything if he's my shepherd. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness. One of the words for righteousness in that scripture is prosperity. He leads me in the paths that I will prosper in. He leads me in the paths that I will be right with God in. That's what righteousness means. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, if you back up to verse 3, it says he's going to lead me in paths of righteousness. And then verse 4, he turns around and says that my path is fixing to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That almost sounds contradictory. But God knows what he's doing. Because when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, people sometimes have this concept that they get saved. God going to fix everything. It's going to be just perfect. Their life is going to just flow just real smooth. No, that's not how it works. We still live on the same planet. He didn't transport us to another planet where there's no evil. We still live here. We still live amongst everything. Verse 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God prepares provision right in the middle of your circumstance. He prepares provision in the middle of of your enemies. Sometimes it requires us confronting the enemy for the provision to come. It says, Thou anointest my head with oil. He anoints you in the, middle of, in the presence of your enemies. My cup runs over in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what happens because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the benefits of the Lord as my shepherd. <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. It reminds me of that scripture where Paul, I think it's in Philippians, was telling the people. He said, "My God." will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Paul didn't say, your God is going to meet your needs. He said, my God will meet your needs. That's because he knew who his God was. He knew. It's got to be personal. We've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's got to be personal. I can get a breakthrough over something, but it doesn't mean that Benny gets a breakthrough because I got a breakthrough. It means I got a breakthrough. I can share with Benny what I did to get a breakthrough, and then Benny can get a breakthrough. It's got to be personal. God is a personal God. Hallelujah. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. No, Jesus came. Jesus Christ heals us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Sometimes we focus on physical healing more than we do anything else, but emotional healing is a big deal. We got to be healed emotionally. Because we don't get anything from God out of emotions. So if we live in our emotions, we live up one day when everything's going good, and then things start going bad, we're down. But yet God's the same, He never changes. So He heals our emotions. John third John, verse chapter one, verse two. Let's look at that. It says, "Beloved, I wish above all." that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. God wants every area of our life to prosper. Our soul to prosper, our health to prosper. He wants us to prosper, period. That word prosper actually is talking about financial blessings, God wants us to prosper. He wants his people to prosper. He wants us to be blessed. When we are blessed, it is a reflection of him. It's a reflection of heaven. But I see an order there. He says, to be in health, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Our soul prospers by seeking God. Our soul prospers the more we learn about him, the more we know him. That's when our soul prospers. The more we, revelation we get of him, the more that we can prosper in the other areas. The more we know him. <coughs> Hallelujah. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Let's look at Isaiah 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Jehovah Shalom. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. See, if we need peace, if you're in torment, you know how to get peace? You know how to get peace in the midst of torment? Because God is the Prince of Peace. Peace. The way we get peace is we begin to praise God for it. We praise God for being the Prince of Peace. We worship him for being the Prince of Peace. Because when we begin to worship him and praise him for who he is, he shows up in that manifestation. Did you get that? We can talk about the glory we did here a while back. I got up here and started saying, Glory, glory, glory. What happened? Glory fell. If you need peace in any area of your life, just start praising God for being the Prince of Peace. Because it doesn't matter whether you have peace or not, He is still the Prince of Peace. He is still the Prince of Peace. So when we begin to praise him for that, then that begins to manifest. It will manifest. And that's true with every name that he calls himself by. That's how we activate it. That's how we get a hold of it. How about Jehovah Shamma, which means the Lord is there? First Corinthians three sixteen says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God, Miss Sue. Dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Open up your ear. Let your ears be open to hear that. The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Holy Ghost, the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Matashikata. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. The Holy Ghost lives in you, Benny. It's the same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same Holy Ghost that descended when Paul baptized Jesus, and it says the heavens opened and the dove came down. It's the same... (laughs) It's the same one. It's the same Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. Lives inside of each of us. The same one. So the Spirit of God lives inside of you. That is that wellspring of water that we were talking about this morning. It springs up and bubbles up and pushes out all the junk. How about Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh? The Lord will provide. We see that one a lot. The Lord will provide. Jesus said that he was the bread of life and anyone who comes to him can partake. Jehovah Jireh will provide. What does that mean? He will provide an answer. But not just an answer. He will provide the answer. I actually wrote that down. God always has an answer. And God made me change it. He made me change it. Exactly, Benny. I wrote it down. God has an answer. Well, so do I. So does anybody that I ask. They'll give me their opinion. Well, in in this day and time, if we can call it an answer. But God made me change it. It said God has the answer. He has the answer. He has the answer. And if it doesn't line up with my answer, my answer is wrong. My answer gets kicked to the curb. Jesus said, I am the way. Not, I am one of the ways. I could be the way. If you want me to be, I can be the way. He says, I am the way, period. There is no (laughs) other way. I am it. So Jehovah Jireh, when he provides an answer, it is the answer. It is the correct answer. It is the one that will work. You ever prayed and got a word from God and it wasn't the word that you wanted So you want you want to you want to change it? You want to pray some more? <laughs> Let's see, see if he'll change it for you. Uh, when he speaks, he's serious. He knows what he's talking about, and his word works. So if he gives you an answer, I've said this before: when I pray and ask God for a solution to a problem, what he actually is telling me is hey, if I was in your situation, this is what I would do. Hallelujah. That's what he would do. Let's look at Psalms 24, verse 1. Do we... Do we all believe that this is the truth? You believe that every word in here is the truth. Every word in here is inspired by God. You believe that. Psalms 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Does it look like. With our natural eyes. That the earth. Is the Lord's. But what does the word say. The word says the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Everything. Everything. And everything therein, it all belongs to him. So I'll clarify a little bit. Yes, we see the devil running, running around causing trouble. But in reality, if God wasn't in control, he would have already destroyed the earth. God has, God has set boundaries that the enemy can't go past. He has set boundaries, or the enemy would have already destroyed everything. Everything. So the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, and the world, and they that dwell therein. So what if? I got a what if. What if we just started started declaring that every day? What if we got up every day and spoke it out loud? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein belong to God. What if we started doing that? What if we started doing that? What if we started doing that over our city? What if we got up every morning and said, Cross it is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everyone that dwells here in it belongs to God. What if we did that? What if we did that? What if we got up and said the crack houses belong to God? The crack houses belong to God. Bible, it says it right there. Everything in the earth belongs to God. The crack houses belong to God. The courthouse belongs to God. The city officials belong to God. Your children belong to God. Your lost husband belongs to God. What if we started declaring that? I belong to God. We go right back to what I said a while ago. The Spirit of God dwells in me. What if, I, what if I let the Holy Ghost start declaring what the Word says? Because that's the truth. And the Bible says that the Holy Ghost speaks nothing but the truth. And that's the truth. Doesn't matter what it, whether it looks like it or not. That right there is the truth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. <coughs> Hallelujah. 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 I want us to, uh, we're going to get out of our comfort zone, if that's okay with you. (laughs) It's not okay. We're going to get out of our comfort zone. I want you all to stand up. If you want to come down front, you can come down front. But we're going to declare some of this, because that scripture right there, Could you put that back up, Miss Cindy? You got a family member? You got a situation that you don't have victory over? Declare that it belongs to God. Hallelujah. So let's just declare that the earth is the Lord's. Okay, let's try it one more time like we mean it, <laughs> like it's serious. The earth is the Lord's, the is the Lord. and, the and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. The the Cross it is the Lord's. Is the Lord. Our mayor is the Lord's. Our city officials, belong to, Our city officials belong, to belong to God. The crack houses belong to God. Everyone that lives and sets foot in Crossit belongs to God. You know, God is, I have never felt qualified for any word God's ever spoken to me. If I felt qualified for it, then more than likely it wasn't God that spoke it. (laughs) I've never felt qualified for anything He's told me to do. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 15, verse 29. I didn't even know this verse was in the Bible. But it is awesome. There's a song we were listening to here the other day. And one of the statements in that song, the guy that was singing it made this statement, it says, I want to live like I know who Jesus is. I want to live like I know who Jesus is. Romans fifteen twenty nine says, this is Paul speaking, I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Did y'all get that statement? Paul said, I am sure. I am sure that when I show up, Jesus is going to show up. That's what he said. I'm sure that when I come see you, Jesus is walking in the house. Paul said that about himself. I am sure, not I wish Jesus would show up when I come. He said, I am sure when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Paul said that. When I show up, God's showing up. I've had trouble with that, you know. People tell, I've had people tell me when I walk in the door years ago that they could feel strength that is hard, hard to receive because it's like I know where I've been. I've been out in the world. I've been out the mill. I've been, but they tell you that. But then there's Paul saying, when I come, when I come see you, God's fixing to come in. God walks in with me. That's what that statement means. I want to live like I know who Jesus is. I want to live like I really know him. That's what Paul did. He says, When I show up, the fullness of God's showing up with me. When I show up, heaven shows up. Hmm. When I show up, lack leaves the room. When I show up fear trembles because God just walked in. Ephesians 3 Just in case we think, well that was Paul. Just in case. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. Paul's, this is actually Paul praying. He says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that he might be fi- that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul didn't just say that I'm full of God. He says, I'm praying that you be full of God that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The greater revelation we have of the fullness of God, of who he is, the more power we walk in. You see ministers walking in all the power and stuff that they do? It's because they have, have a revelation greater than what I have. I walk in the revelation that I have. I walk in the revelation that I have. I operate in the revelation that I have but it's available for everyone it's available for everyone you know we pray and we we sing show me your glory show me your glory god show me your glory so what does show me your glory mean show me your fullness show me everything you are god you know moses asked for that and god God couldn't show it to him because he couldn't stand it. He showed him just a little bit. We cry out, God, show me your glory. But the glory is the tangible presence of God. See, we know God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. But we don't want to know him just because he's everywhere. We want to know him because he's here, because he has manifested himself here. We talk about Jesus. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost, he was full of the presence of God. He knew God, he knew the fullness of God. And the reason we can say that he knew the fullness of God is because it manifested through him. It manifested through his words. He spoke to demons and told them to come out. And they went into pigs. He spoke to a fig tree, it died. He spoke to the water, turned it into wine. It manifested. He put mud in a man's eye. And he was healed. The fullness of God manifested in Jesus. The fullness of God. He even spoke words of wisdom. (laughs) That's what I got. Words of knowledge. He spoke words of knowledge. When he spoke to the woman at the well, he didn't know who she was. But the Holy Ghost did. So he spoke a word of knowledge to her and told her about her own life. He spoke words of prophecy. So we've got to know God in his fullness. The more we know him, the more power we operate in. (coughs) Hallelujah. The fullness of God. Genesis 1, 27. It tells us that God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. That does not mean that God, God describes himself as in the features of a man, but that is spiritually right there. God created man in his image. And, you know, Jesus made the way for us to be restored back to that image. You know know what actually happened in the Garden of Eden? The devil stole our identity. That was the first identity theft. You know, we hear a lot about identity theft now. Well, that was it right there. The devil stole man's identity. Adam and Eve walked in the fullness of God. They walked with God. And the enemy come in and stole who they are, who they were. And Jesus come along and restored it back. And that's what we're trying to get a hold of is who we really are. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren, Jesus' purpose, Jesus come to restore our our identity. And you were chosen before you were ever born to be restored back into the image of God. Think about that. It says you were predestined. In other words, God already had it in plan. God already had it for you to be restored back to his image. And Jesus is the way. Let's look at John fifteen sixteen. It says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That's whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. God chose you. God chose you. God chose you, John. God chose you. God chose you. If you're called to be an evangelist, he, co- he chose you to be an evangelist. It doesn't matter whether you feel like one, He chose you. He chose you to be a prayer warrior. He chose you. God knows what he's doing. He chose you to be a prayer warrior. If he chose you to be a teacher, it doesn't matter if you failed speech class. It doesn't matter. He chose you. If he chose you to, pre- to preach, it doesn't matter what you sound like. He chose you. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. God Chose you. He chose us. But the main thing He chose us to be, all of us, is to be a witness. He chose us to show forth the fullness of God. That's what He chose us for. but we have to step into his choosing. Yes, he chose me. He says, I choose you, but I have to step into that choosing. If you want to step into your choosing today, I want to pray for you. You may not know what he's chosen you to be. Some people do, some don't. That's okay. But you do know he's chose you to be a witness. And that doesn't mean that you stand on the street corner and with your Bible and shake your Bible at people. That, that means that you represent Jesus everywhere you go. That's, it's, that, it's that simple. I represent Jesus wherever I go. I represent Jesus in Walmart. I represent Jesus in the grocery store. I represent Jesus at work. That's, it's that simple. You represent Jesus wherever you go. If you want to step into that, if you want to tell God, I want to represent you, I want to manifest your fullness, then I want to pray for you this morning. Hallelujah.